We're fed this lie that being a mom means we have a messy car and even messier life. It's mom life, right? From sleepless nights to showing up late for everything, the expectation is simply that we're overwhelmed and drowning. But what if I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way and it doesn't need to be your normal? I know when we hear the words Proverbs 31 woman, we bristle because it's another list of unattainable attributes that we'll never be able to measure up to. My name is Amanda Hogue, and I'm here to tell you that it's literally already what God has deposited in us as women and moms. Satan would love to have us overwhelmed, defeated, and isolated, but God is calling us to so much more in our capacity and his vision for us is outlined in this chapter. If you're here today, you are, like all of us, a busy mom. I'm a mom with kids, my daughter's in school part-time, and I teach her school at home the other days. I lead a small group, and I work part-time. We have evening activities, we're constantly hosting people, we're both, my husband and I, serving at church. You get it. It's easy to let the invisible time spent in the word disappear because of the service that we're doing to other people, our friends, and to our family. I'm basing each of these episodes on a verse or tenant of Proverbs 31, and this first season is named The Holy Work of Motherhood, and this first episode is named Establishing Spiritual Disciplines as a Mother. Proverbs 31.30 is Charm is Deceitful and Beauty is Fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. God designed women to mother while consuming his word. I love this quote by Gloria Furman in her book, Missional Motherhood. The devil knows that the creator designed us to be consumers, so he will work to get us to feast on other things other than God. This first episode, I'm going to be talking about our first fruits and that concept from Genesis 4, verses 3 and 4. It talks about Cain and Abel. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flocks and of their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offerings. I've heard it preached that Cain didn't bring his best, maybe he brought spoiled food, but that's not what the verse says. It says, in the course of time, that's the ESV, or in the process of time it came to pass, from King James Version. As a mom, what I'm hearing is, eventually, when he felt like it. When my daughter was three, we repeat this several times a day. Obedience is listening right away, all the way, and with a happy heart. Usually said with a grumpy face. And I'm trying to get her to laugh. None of what is written about Cain sounds like the definition I repeat with my daughter. My daughter goes to her room after screaming at me or pushing her baby brother down. That's not obedience, even though she's technically going to her room. So after I read these verses with a little more mom perspective, I had a little more understanding why God was jealous and had no regard. The first fruits are the first and the best. We can do this with our money. Some areas we can give our first fruits are in the area of our finances, sending off a tithe when our paycheck hits our account. We have money coming in at all points of the month, and some tithes are like $30. When I remember, I mention it to my husband, Tyler, and we celebrate every little tithe because the Lord says to bring in our tithes with Thanksgiving. Another area is with our week. 
We can give the first fruits of our week by observing the Sabbath and truly taking a day of rest. For example, I have a reminder to delete my social media accounts on Saturday evening and I take a day off from showing up on Instagram and Facebook. It has become such a breather for me. We go to a late church service, eat a simple meal, and we rest. I climb onto my bed and fall asleep or read for at least an hour. We all do things we enjoy. I might go for a run. My husband turns on a game. We just rest. I'm resting because God asked us to, and I'm honoring his principle of rest. For anyone who thinks that it needs to be filled with spiritual things, here's the commandment from Exodus 20 verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. Taking a Sabbath provides God with the opportunity to provide for us supernaturally. An example is manna in the wilderness where God literally rained bread down from heaven and the miracle was when they gathered bread the day before the Sabbath, it was still there, not rotted out, not disgusting. It was provided for from yesterday. And when we take the Sabbath, when we take rest, it provides him with an opportunity to work those miracles. When we say, I'm going to answer my emails, I'm going to get on Instagram, I'm going to run my business, I'm going to wear myself out, it doesn't give God the opportunity to provide supernaturally for you. And so I encourage you, if that's not something that you're doing, if you're not actively um, observing the Sabbath, to do it. He can do more work in six days than what we can do with seven. If you want to hear more on this topic, check out The Principle of Rest by Pastor Robert Morris, and I'll have that linked in the show notes. Another way that we can give our first fruits is giving the first of our year. Our church challenges us to give God the first of the year and fast for 21 to 40 days. This gives God the first of the year and allows him to speak on direction and gives us vision. At some point in November or December, I ask the Lord what he'd like me to fast, social media, shows, food, etc. It's usually a combination of all three. And while it's hard, especially after the overindulgences of the holidays, it's an incredible reset that sets the course of the whole year. And finally, the last way that I want to talk about a way for us to give the first fruits is with our day. We can rise early and give God the first quiet hours of the day. I think the biggest lie I believed when I walked into our home as a new mom was that I didn't have time to read the word. There's no better excuse than being a new mom, right? When we brought our our daughter home, my husband traveled roughly 50% of the time, so it was all up to me, and I let the days and nights blur together as we were up all hours and it was just me caring for our daughter. I'm so grateful for my small group leader that challenged me to make it a priority. Here we were, all of us, sitting around in a circle, all feeling like we were drowning in the baby, twins, toddler, up all night stage, multiples, and it would have been so easy to excuse each other and say, it's just too hard in this season. We could have given ourselves grace to stay up late watching Netflix or spending nap time cleaning or scrolling Instagram because we deserve it, promising to get back to it when things are less challenging. But I found it's just gotten more challenging as our family has grown. So now that my youngest is sleeping through the night, my alarm is set for 5 to 5.30 and I reserve the quiet hours of my time with God. 
I might get interrupted by my four-year-old daughter who wants me who wants me to read the scriptures to her, but how incredible is that? I want her to consistently see me with a physical Bible sitting open in my lap. Setting up setting up our day, writing out a morning schedule is the only way I get my workout in, quiet time, and get started on my day. I make lists of to-dos, start a load of laundry, empty the dishwasher, and have sister help with chores before baby wakes up. Part of my quiet time is sitting with my daily planner and asking the Lord what things he wants me to accomplish that day. It might mean that some of the bigger jobs that I have that I would like to get done get pushed to the next day or the next week because ultimately I'm wanting to serve him with my day and give him the time during my day. My schedule isn't rigid, but I absolutely have an idea of how my day is going to run instead of letting it run me ragged. I'm planning on another episode where I talk about scheduling my week and days, incorporating time blocking, which has given me back a lot more control. It takes intention to sit down with a spiritual book in the afternoon or evening while the kids are sleeping instead of jumping on our phone or turning on a show. Investing in our spiritual growth is one of the best investments that we can make. It would be so fun to have a visible ministry. I look at my friends who are doing these incredible things, but my babies are little and being present on the carpet playing and enjoying them right now, that's my priority. All right, so we've talked about setting aside our money, our first fruits in our week and our day. But now that you're sitting down, you're waking up earlier than your kids, getting a start on your day and spending time with the Lord, what does that look like? So I have read through the Bible in a year, done a couple of those plans, and I absolutely love it. Obviously, getting through the Bible in a whole year is just like such an incredible accomplishment when you're as busy as a mom is. Uh, So right now, this year, I am doing um, something called a 15-minute plan, and it just goes through um, a song a proverb and then something in the New Testament. So I am absolutely loving that and it takes me about 15 to 20 minutes to get through and as I'm reading through I am asking the Lord to give me a verse or a concept that he wants to reveal, a character about himself that he wants to show me about himself, something that is daily um, manna from him. I don't want me to go into today with the bread and with the meat from yesterday's quiet time because God asks us to ask for our daily bread and that includes the quiet time that we have and I want to hear fresh from him. And so as I'm reading, I'm just praying for whatever it is that he wants to reveal about himself or something that he wants to show me in order to kind of have that fresh bread. And then I incorporate something called the soap study style. And it's not fancy. (laughs) All you need is a journal. I usually take a verse or two from my reading plan and spend some time studying or meditating on it. The first word in soap is S, which stands for scripture. Just start reading and write out a verse that stands out to you. The second word is O for observe. Reflect on what you've read. Ask questions. What phrase jumps out at you? What is taking place? Who is there? Dig deeper by using resources like the Logos Bible app or the Blue Letter Bible to find out the original meanings. Those will all be listed in the show notes as well. If your version has good footnotes, check them out too. Write down your observations. A in SOAP stands for apply. 
Here's where you connect what you've read with your life. Is there something you need to change or start? Write down the applications that come to your mind to reflect on the season you're in. And finally, P for prayer. Talk with God. He spoke to you through his word, and now you get to thank him and ask him to help you act on what you've learned. Like I said, I often have my daughter join me, crawl up on the couch with her blanket, and ask me to read the Bible to you. I know it sounds sweet, but I just want to be alone, you know? But (laughs) I bite my tongue. Welcome her and read to her. Don't underestimate the long-term impact of our daily intake of Scripture. Storing up the Word of God in your heart will unleash a new perspective on where you are. You will gain strength and weakness and healing even in the darkest place. I know this soap exercise seems like such a simple thing, and I will have a little printout of it as well in the show notes for you to be able to reference or throw on the back of your uh, phone as a wallpaper. But it has allowed God to speak to me in such hard places, in such hard seasons, where He's able to give me a timely word in knowing exactly how I'm supposed to proceed in a certain scenario or giving me the grace for something that I'm facing that day or week, giving me a timely word for my husband in order to speak life into him or giving me a word of encouragement for a good friend who is going through something really hard and I'm able to text them a verse with a little word of encouragement. And so just approaching my time with God as something where I believe and trust that he's going to speak back to me. This isn't a one-way street of prayer, but he is going to be speaking to me and I come with that level of expectation. And then it's all written out in this journal where I have tabs, where I can keep things organized, what God is speaking to me and how uh, his promises to me are being fulfilled over time. I have a tangible reminder of that, that I can go back on. And in seasons when I feel like he hasn't heard my prayers or has he ever spoken to me? Has he ever heard my prayers? (laughs) Y'all, I have so many journals of where he has proved his faithfulness over and over and over again. And he will never cease showing us or our family how much he loves and cares for us. I'm going to read a small snippet of Psalms 1. What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? His delight and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. The Lord embraced their paths as they move forward. What stands out to me in this is that they are bearing fruit in every season. This might not mean a physical ministry that you're running or an incredible platform on Instagram. You are still bearing fruit in this season of motherhood where you're just, it just feels like you're drowning in the trenches. This season can still be fruitful. It is never wasted. God never wastes a moment of your life. And so you can be investing in your children's lives, be investing in your community, and be loving your husband in a way that is a product of fruitfulness of the time spent in your word. Time spent in the word to lead your small group, invest in your ministry, or whatever you're preparing is so good. And it's amazing to have that accountability, but we all need personal quiet time for our own soul. It's an investment in our life. 
something that you may not see the fruit of for a little while. Ask for verses from the Lord that increase your intimacy, words that will nourish your soul, ones that are precious to you and that may never be shared. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today as I discussed another tenant living out motherhood with intention, inspired by the Proverbs 31 woman. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, I'd be so honored if you'd share with a friend.